So this is the first edition of We Used to Be Cool, the podcast. Uh, this is Brandon and Brad. Um, occasionally, we'll probably have a few, some other people. But the, the main focus of this is that in our minds, we used to be cool. And we are now in our 30s. We both are married. We have children. We have jobs. We're regular people, except for our personalities. Um, we're about the only people that find each other funny. So we figured that we would make each other laugh and we would talk. And this gives us an excuse to talk for an hour or so once a week, which is something that we, we need is structure and organization in our lives because otherwise we don't do that. So uh, I'm Brandon. This is Brad. I'm Brad, and I pity any of you who are now listening to us talk and ramble for an hour just so we can catch up with each other. You have absolutely but, nothing better to do in your lives. Yeah, I, I, I go back and forth between whether I want people I know to, to hear this or to just stay far, far away from it. But they, they all know what they've gotten themselves into by knowing me in the first place. So. Knowing and associating with Brad is probably something that counts as a demerit in life. It's known to cause cancer in the state of California. <laughs> what does it cause uh, cancer in the state of California, though? Uh, we were literally having that conversation at work the other day because uh, press board has a warning label on it that says known to cause cancer in the state of California. We were like, oh, glue and uh, sawdust now cause cancer, but only in California. Well, we before we get into the rest of that discussion, because that, <laughs> that sparked a whole new thing, um, just a little bit about us. I'm, uh, I'm a 30-year-old stay-at-home – well, not 30. I'm 32. Uh, I'm, a, I'm currently a stay-at-home dad and a consultant, and I do some freelance writing for a few news publications that will never know that I do this podcast – and uh, I'm also a children's, an aspiring children's book author. Uh, I've yet to find a publisher. So if you're a publisher and you're listening, contact Brandon. You could, but I don't feel like this is going to be the thing, <laughs> that, really, <laughs> the thing that really turns a, turns a child's book publication on to you. Yeah, that, I, I, uh, I don't think anybody that listens to this is going to be like, you know what he should be doing? <laughs> writing children's <laughs> books. That seems exactly like the type of person that I want conveying positive messages to my children. Yeah. So what about you, Brad? Uh, 33, uh, soon to turn 34 in less than a month now. And uh, I am... Uh, without knowing what to call a job title. I, I am a contractor. We do primarily uh, uh, maintenance on commercial buildings and then the occasional remodel here and there where we actually think about what we're doing for a bit. Um, father of one, married for seven years last month. And uh, yeah, I'm about as average guy as you can get probably. Mazel tov. <laughs> uh yeah not not so much on that one <laughs> not that that's not average just doesn't happen to be the uh the religion that i was born into so so how old is ray ray is about to turn three and my daughter is uh about 19 months and i have an eight-year-old son 
Um, he's about to turn nine and I have been married for about three years now, almost three years. So, <laughs> and for anyone listening to this, that doesn't know me, I didn't name my daughter Ray. Uh, her name's Raylan, but that takes a lot of syllables every day as often as I have to yell things at her. So, well, to be off, to, to be completely candid, I was trying to avoid the possibility of someone abducting your child based on this podcast. And mm. you've just thrown it out there for them, Brad. Mm. Well, we didn't give last names, so they definitely did their homework and they're probably pretty elusive if they figure that one out. So you've got guns. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that, that we do have. So we've we've covered the the basics of most podcasts as far as an introduction and who we are and things like that. Um, so let's jump straight to what's new in your life. Hmm. Well, that's a valid question with no direct answer. I uh, I tried smoking pork shoulder last week for the first time. That's about as interesting as I've gotten lately. You know, most people stick to cigarettes or weed, Brad, but I, I admire your commitment to trying to smoke. I'll tell you what, there was a lot of inhaling it because uh, I, I just totally butchered it right right off the bat. Put the uh, meat over the charcoal and the uh, wood chips lower in the tray than the charcoal so they weren't getting enough of it. So we managed to get a smoke ring, but I, I did smoke a eight pound pork shoulder in about five and a half, six hours. So the bottom of that thing was basically totally scrapped for the, the bottom quarter to half inch of it. And then the rest of it was delicious and still juicy and everything. So you, know, you know, that's how every restaurant really does it. They don't tell you yeah, that probably. <laughs> but, yeah. Whenever they tell you slow roasted for, you know, however many hours now, nah, they just throw that thing on broil, cut the, cut the top off and call it good. Arby swears that they slow cook their meat for 18 hours or 12 hours or something like that. And Arby's, if that's true, I will change this and you can sponsor our podcast. But in the meantime, <laughs> we'd be happy to have you as the first sponsor of the podcast. In the meantime, I will, I will validate that the meat mountain sandwich is both delicious and will give you uh, a pulmonary embolism. Yeah. Possibility of both there, but uh my favorite is their brisket. Very good brisket sandwich. See, I, I I just can't bring myself to to eat barbecue from re, from restaurants, especially yeah. fast food food restaurants. Rachel's from Kansas City. Uh, I spent most of my life in Southeast Missouri and Chicago and St. Louis and stuff like that, and all those places are are pretty well known for their meat products. Uh, pork steaks in St. Louis, ribs in Chicago, and if you argue with me about Chicago-style ribs, then I'll cut you. Um, in Southeast Missouri, of course, their their primary meat product is bologna sandwiches. Oh, yes. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was raised on those actually. So. I think everybody from down there was raised on bologna sandwiches. No joke. So. But uh, in my in my time in Kansas City, I do have to say that the the big ones that everybody tells you to go to Arthur Bryant and all those are just 
they're they're good, but they're overhyped. I mean, it's it's good barbecue, but some of the best barbecue I've ever had in my life came off somebody's grill in a backyard. So, I I will say Gates is the first place that I ever put barbecue sauce on ham, and that was that was like an awakening for me. I was like, because oh. <laughs> up up until that point, ham had always been for for lunch meat sandwiches or for Christmas dinner, and they brought me out ham and it had barbecue sauce on it and i was like oh these two don't go together and then i tried it and i was like oh nope i'm wrong about everything in my life i i immediately need to reevaluate everything (laughs) yeah Uh, Yeah, it takes a weird combination to do that the the you know it was an accident so many things in life are are actually accidental genius the guy that created velcro and stuff like that uh it's, it's all accidental genius that's that's all parenting really is is accidental genius everyone's like oh your kid's so well behaved and he's so <laughs> polite and stuff like that it's like yeah come spend 10 minutes at my house and realize that he doesn't say please thank you or flush the toilet like yeah <laughs> yeah you <laughs> should yeah, that was all very much by design and not a complete accident, but that child <laughs> came out endearing in the slightest bit. I, I have to do that when I pick her up at daycare. They're like, oh, she's so great. I love your kid. And I, I just look back and forth. I'm like, you know, I'm here for Ray, right? Like, you're not talking about a different kid and have mistaken me with one of the other bald fathers. Because, like, we're talking i've seen my kid lick a window <laughs> literally <laughs> they're like no she's really smart like, oh okay so she's just uh sandbagging me apparently at home so. they do man those kids are going to be so good at spades one day because they sandbag <laughs> all the time <laughs> oh there's a game that a generation will probably never play can we play it on our iphones no no you uh, can't I'm sure you can. There's got to be an app for that. Can you just picture in like whenever our kids are the ages that we were whenever we were playing spades and stuff. So in their late teens to early 20s, just sitting around with like six iPhones out playing spades. Come on, man. Make your book and move on. Hang on, I got a text message. I got a text message. Yeah, <laughs> just make your move already. I don't know. I'm on Twitter. Man. Ugh, Kanye, real hard pre- there for me. President Kanye tweeted something awesome. <laughs> now, the real question is, what would Kanye's policies and what, what would his platform that he ran on for his first election be? Uh, I don't even want to go down that road. <laughs> I said, I said, President Kanye, and I feel like I've already opened up too many doors. <laughs> hey, we already said if if you know us, then you know what you've gotten yourself into. And if they didn't take that as a warning that they're going to get to know us and regret it listening to the podcast, they've already opened that door themselves. Fifty-seven percent of our audience has already shut off the. The power, to, the power to their car. They were going down the middle of the highway and just shut off. There's the probably like there's no reason to live anymore. There's probably somebody that's tucked and rolled out the door and just left it rolling at sixty. So. Good for them. <laughs> uh, so 
we've covered what's new in your life. I, I have a I have a question for you, Brad, and this sure. is going to be our our first segment. Um, what is in your phone's Google search history right now? So when you sent me the show notes for this, I looked at it and went, ah, crap, I deleted Google off my phone like two weeks ago. So you're the, you're on uh, Droid, right? I am. Yeah. I, I use an Android phone. I, so, yeah, I, I, hateful disdain for, I have a hateful disdain for all Mac products. And, so, and it's not that I don't think they're good products. It's that I'm too dumb and too invested in how Windows and typical we'll stuff see, works. Yeah, I'm, make I'm the exact same way, except on the opposite side of that aisle. We Forever ago, my wife gave me a hand-me-down iPhone 4S. And then once I realized it could remember your contacts and everything, and I was never going to have to do this again, I... <laughs> pretty much made my bed and have stayed in it but i i realized a few weeks ago like at some point i had downloaded uh um chrome chrome yeah i downloaded chrome to uh my phone so that i would have something to search with besides safari because everybody told me how terrible safari was and it didn't work with an old app that a previous employer had used so I, I just realized, like, I've got this, and half the time I open stuff in Safari, and half the time I open it in uh, Chrome, and I'm using Google there. And so my Safari is still set to a private search <laughs> from forever ago. So I couldn't tell you right now what my <laughs> search history actually is, but off the top of my head, I know uh, me and my wife have argued over song lyrics at least three times in the last week or two. So that's probably the vast majority of my search history. Do you remember what song it was? Oh, no. I could I could go ask her, but if I wake her up to ask her what uh, song we were arguing about last week, she's probably going to smack the phone off my face. That's going to be a whole other argument right there. Yeah, I'll wind up Googling something for that, too. But um, that and woodworking tools are probably uh, predominantly what I've searched out. Oh, nice. What are you working on? Uh, nothing yet. I'm still trying to get everything together for a first project. I mean, we've uh, we've done a fair bit of like finished carpentry and stuff on my father-in-law's house while we had uh, some downtime with the the business in the last couple of months, but. I'm looking to get into like, you know, actually making tables and chairs or some, some nicer uh, trim work and stuff and just start messing around with it. But I think what my first project is going to be is um, a oven. I'm trying to remember what the, that, that'd be actually in the Google search as well. Uh, it's uh, basically a cover for your, uh, stove top or a range um, and it's basically just a um, flat piece of plain wood that you've got stained up with uh, two little edges on it and uh, handles that looks fancier than the stove top itself and you can actually sit things flat on it but 
I know exactly what you're talking about. I have no idea what it's called, but we use a yeah. giant cutting board for that right now. Yeah, basically that. Yeah, it's it's that with like handles on the end of it that you can turn into a serving tray when it's not on the stove. And apparently from everything I've seen on Reddit and all the research I've done, many people have almost burned their house to the ground by turning the burner on on accident while the thing's sitting on top of the stove. Ours has a huge scorch mark. We have a gas stove. Ours has a huge scorch mark on the bottom of it from where we had a bunch of people over for uh, Christmas dinner a few years ago, and we were serving prime rib, and somebody accidentally bumped one of the one of the gas nozzles and turned it on. It just sat there and I, it, I guess it turned on to low and it just sat there and like smoldered against the bottom of this wood for a significant period of time. But yeah, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. <laughs> that butcher block never lit in that time though. But yeah, we, uh, we've got an electric range. So I'm hoping that if I build that thing and give it a little bit of an air gap, that it won't set itself on fire. Just a suggestion for me, or from me, um, whenever you measure out your stove, you should also measure out your sink. And the thing that we do whenever yes. we're serving... Put it over the sink. I, put I it over saw the sink. that. Yes. Somebody else suggested that. They were like, ooh, that's extra counter space right there. And that comes at a premium in my house. So Yeah, it definitely does. That's and it works. Thing to do. And the best part about it is if you set it over the sink, then you don't have to do the dishes before the people come over. <laughs> you just hide it with the... That's hide genius. it with the serving tray. Yeah. So my Google one just for the sink. (laughs) (laughs) My Google search history right now is uh, Kavanaugh. uh, (laughs) Getting caught up on that. Um, uh, Hennessy making another six by six uh, pickup truck, which is just ridiculous. If you haven't seen this before, Hennessy's six by six uh, Ford is ridiculous. I've seen the previous ones. They're making a new one, though? Yeah, they're making another one right now. Or they they just did make another one. Um, And the U.S. Army is is looking to replace the M4 carbine, and there was a vertical one. They've been on that one forever. Yeah, so I was looking at that. And then uh, my kid plays a lot of Fortnite, so PS4 (laughs) is now doing cross-play, finally, for Fortnite. And... Uh, the one thing I'll say about Fortnite is I I grew up on GoldenEye and then elevated to uh, Tom Clancy, Ghost Recon and stuff like that, Rainbow mm-hmm. Six. Um, and then from there, I went to Call of Duty. And so whenever he first got Fortnite, I was, I was all in. I was like, this sounds awesome. I'm going to go play. And whenever they were doing the Thanos uh, Infinity Gauntlet, cross promotional yeah. thing a while back um he had gone to bed and i stayed up and was playing Fortnite. <clears throat> i spent the entire match without a weapon <laughs> not a, not a single weapon the entire match and it, it was because i i put myself in a bad position to start and the map just kept getting closer and closer um, and I couldn't really find anything good where I was at. You know, I, I think I ran across a couple like regular pistols and stuff. And I was just like, oh, no, I'll find something better in a second. I never found anything better. And 
I, I got down to the last like five people and I was hiding in a shed near a mountain <laughs> as, as the world was closing in on me. Basically I won the match, Brad. I, I, I won. I killed Thanos. I got first place because the storm collapsed right around the shed that I was hiding in. And he got caught on the side of the mountain and the storm and killed him. Storm killed him. And whenever I realized that I don't need to kill anyone, all I need to do is pussyfoot around and hide in a shed for an hour of my life. I was done. I was like, Fortnite has lost all appeal to me. <laughs> I'm never playing this game again. Because, oh, my gosh. Because this is the most – it was it was the best example you could ever have of fight-or-flight syndrome in a person. <laughs> and I found yeah. out that I, I – I, when it comes down to it, I may not actually fight. I may hide in a shed from Sam. I was going to say, and there's, a, there's a third play. option besides flight, and it's just <laughs> – it's just quivering in fear <laughs> from a purple demigod <laughs> as, as you set and just recite whatever prayer you may have. And then he <laughs> dies in a storm on a mountain and you're the champion <laughs> and you don't feel good about it. You don't, you, you know what I did do though? I did take a screenshot and show my son, but, but yeah. I didn't feel good about yeah, my accomplishment. I didn't feel yeah. good about it. But I still t showed him. I was like, hey, I got first place, killed Thanos. Didn't tell him all the details. <laughs> yeah, you may not need to know that part. <laughs> so he thinks I'm awesome because he never saw anybody kill Thanos in the entire time that he was playing whenever it got down to one-on-one. -on -one. So he thinks I'm some kind of Fortnite savant when, in fact, I'm just an <laughs> idiot played savant. one time ever and beat Thanos. Well, uh, my work here is done. My my record on not challenging enough for me. <laughs> my record on Fortnite the the last time he checked it because he plays on my stuff because the PS Plus account is in my name and stuff so he gets the extra skins and stuff, and he plays on mine sometimes. the The last record before he started playing on my account, I had played six matches. I had five top ten finishes, two top five finishes, one win, and. I had like four kills and I was like, you know, when you look, when you look at the stats, it seems like I'm a lot better at this game than I am. And I, I just, I can't, I can't get behind it. I can't, I can't bring myself to really revel in the glory that is first place whenever I was just a quivering mess of a man unarmed. And hiding in a shack. Hiding in a, hiding in a wooden shack, praying that the, the cosmic overlord didn't come for me. It's it's just funny to think all the guardians and and strange and all the Avengers could have just uh, put him on the side of a mountain in a storm, and apparently he couldn't have done anything with the gauntlet to stop that. I mean, if if, if we're gonna talk about Avengers at Infinity War, the biggest plot hole in that entire thing is the fact that. Doctor Strange just needed to cut, just sling ring his arm off. He just needed to chop off his hand in the portal yeah. the same way he did the other yeah. guy. They had yeah. already done that. Like they knew it worked. Well, in his defense, that actually was not him. It was uh uh the other monk. I forget Wang? his name. Wang, yeah, it was is Wang his name, when, Is his name Wang, Brad? Did you forget the name Wang? 
<laughs> Apparently I did because I literally thought it started with an M. So he, uh, yeah, that was him with uh, Banner, actually. Yeah. That chopped it off. But that being said, the Sorcerer Supreme should really know the fact he can cut a body part off in the open portal when he closes it. Should be, should be able to open that, that portal. That should be down real sling quick. ring. Yeah, that should be sling ring 101 when <laughs> you're still the apprentice sorcerer and they're like, oh, by the way, don't don't catch your trailing foot in the thing. Like, Wang, Wang the librarian it. is one-upping the sorcerer supreme, by the way, guys. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. Wang got yeah, a lot but, of flack, but I mean... Really, he's the only guy that just went back and did his job. Every, everybody else, <laughs> he, he literally said, well, i got to go guard the sanctum. Good luck. Wang is the guy that shows up to work whenever there's like a 24-inch snowstorm. <laughs> Comes in, the doors well, are would... still locked and stuff, and he's just sitting outside entering the passcode, waiting for somebody else to get there, and then he starts shoveling the, the driveway. So that somebody else might Wang be able to make him like that guy. Like, oh, well, somebody's got to do it. I'll be that guy. So. Wang, the real hero of Avengers Infinity War, guys. <laughs> Could have been. If he would have gotten stuck on the spaceship with him, he would have been like, well, we just cut his arm off with the sling ring. Yeah. They, they got Peter Parker. They got teenage Spider-Man up there, which that that Peter Parker is the best Peter Parker. Tom Holland is awesome. Yeah, I, I really liked Andrew Garfield. Um, I I think it's mostly just because his physique matches like every Spider-Man that's ever been. He's been tall and lanky, and that was Andrew Garfield to a T. But besides that, yeah, I think Tom Holland plays a better Peter Parker as a personality. Yeah, I, I, I loved the Amazing Spider-Man movies, and a lot of people didn't and that's fine but um i i loved them because it brought something different to it but that wasn't the spider-man i grew up with and you know that that was the spider-man that realistically after uh after emma watson died like you you know that spider-man andrew garfield spider-man was like on tinder a few weeks later with like his his mask halfway pulled up (laughs) like with a grin and like hey guys you know, like swipe right, swipe right to go web slinging. Cute emoji. Oh man, yeah, you you never do see enough of because in, in the reality of being a superhero, you may you know take one for the team and and go get your butt handed to you by the villains and fight for what's true and righteous and everything. But there's going to be a lot of self-serving with your your superpowers every time you turn around. One of my just favorite, trying to get laden on tender constantly. One of my favorite running jokes in the Netflix series is Luke Cage and every woman he comes across asking him for a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I and I can't help but think that that's a, a straight throwback to Grand Theft Auto with the uh, black coffee mission. Yeah. <laughs> that that's literally what I think of every time some girl's like, you want to come over for, you want to get some coffee? And Luke Cage is like, nah, mama. Or, Sweet Christmas, whatever. That's yeah. the worst Luke Cage impression anyone will ever do, by the way. <laughs> well, 
white red headed bearded guy trying to do the giant muscular black man voice. Yeah, that's uh, white Irish guy sitting sitting in on his porch because his family is too loud to record a podcast. Sitting here <laughs> saying "Sweet Christmas." <laughs> oh man, yeah, living the dream. Living the dream. Man, is this the dream? It might be. It might be. I don't know. It it depends whose dream it is because I've I've had that conversation a few times lately. Somebody's like, you know, this is America's so messed up or anything. I'm like, yeah, but you take like the as long as you're not homeless, if if you have an apartment to go home to. And you want to trade that to basically anybody in like the 1800s, they would probably jump on it in a second. Like, it's their dream, but all of us now we're like, nah, this this sucks. <laughs> you could be doing better. What are you talking about, man? I only have an iPhone 5C. Like, I'm not living the dream. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have one of those. Broke the first one. No, I, I I think that's what my kids got right now, to be honest. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I, I think that's, no, no, he's got a 6S. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, there's a, he's got a 6S. Jiminy Christmas. You know what yeah. You know what cell phone I had at 8? None. None, because it didn't exist yet. No, that's not true. Zach Morris had well, a cell phone, the, homie. Yeah. The, the <laughs> Zach giant, Morris had Zach Morris phone. brick and the bag phones that went in the car and stayed plugged in forever. My my first what existed. My first cell phone was a Motorola T120 peanut phone. Holy crap! You didn't have the Nokia. Um, uh, I forget the name of it. I was never a Nokia guy. I was Motorola all the way up until I switched to Sony, and I was Sony all the way up until Samsung made the first like giant phone. It was called the Samsung Mega, and it had yeah. a 6.3 inch screen on it. And I was like, oh, I got to have me that. And I, I got that, and I've been Samsung ever since, which, I, you know, I feel bad because realistically, Sony makes a really good product, and they're far cheaper to go out and buy an unlocked Sony phone. But Samsung keeps getting me because they're like, hey, guy, look at this. It's got a stylus. Yeah, I got an even bigger screen. I got a stylus for you. Come on back. I'm pretty sure they've got a phone coming out within the next five years that's going to be bigger than my first TV. <laughs> I, yeah, the fact that they keep calling them phones is kind of hilarious to me because at, the, at this point they're making, like, I've got the uh, 7, 7 Plus S. And this thing is closer to the size of the uh, iPad Mini than it is to the size of the like iPhone 5 I think yeah definitely I, 4 so yeah the, the remember like we just constantly were trying to get phones to get smaller and smaller for, oh yeah don't that was like, the running joke in zoo in the first zoo yeah, yeah. and somewhere along the way somebody was and like then, hey, what if we went the opposite way yeah literally just like uh and then Steve Jobs stole that idea yeah. Yeah. Like five, six years ago, they were like, Hey, let's, let's start going the other way. Now these idiots are playing video games and stuff on their phones and we've got to start making them bigger for their big fat fingers to 
touch more delicately. I have I have a twelve inch. Uh, <laughs> that's an awkward place for a pause. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> spot to pause right there. And now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> Uh, Hillshire Farms. No, uh, <laughs> that would be a perfect sausage plug right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, I have a 12 inch uh, Samsung Chrome book, the, the Chromebook oh, Pro yeah. that has the stylus and everything. I love it. It's the best computer I've ever had in my life. And it doesn't, it doesn't do anything that I actually need it to do, but it's the most fun. <laughs> um, awesome. <laughs> But I uh, I have this, and I you, sit there. And I, you heard it here, folks. If if anybody working for Chromebook wants to sponsor this podcast, <laughs> Samsung, I'm plugging your products left and right. <laughs> uh, they may be inferior, but I I buy them. <laughs> That's their new tagline. <laughs> what else are you gonna do? Yeah, huh? <laughs> come on. Our commercials are better than Apple. That's, no, that's true. true. Their commercials. Are that's so definitely good. true. <laughs> commercials. Uh, that doesn't take a whole lot, though. But no, I I have the 12 inch Samsung Chromebook Pro, and the thing that really bothers me the most is that I will be sitting there trying to read something, and I'll I'll zoom and I'll zoom and I'll zoom to get the text big enough for me to read it, and then I'll sit there and I'll think for a second. I'll be like, man, I used to play a 13 inch Zenith from across the room, read every yeah. line of text. And, and I'd be playing split screen golden eye with somebody on a 13 inch. 13 right. inch yeah. You got half or even map. just a quarter of that thing. Yeah. And, it's not, you, and I'm yeah. sitting there killing it from across the map. Now I've got a 73 inch TV in my downstairs that, <laughs> that I, I go and get my reading glasses whenever I want to play call of duty because I can't see their heads, Bob. And I'm like, what is wrong with the world? There, there's some soldier on a mountainside in Afghanistan right now that just plucked some we dude off from a it. mile and a half in, yeah. in real life. And I'm sitting here like, man, Rachel, where's the remote? I need to adjust the contrast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to come back to the, the fact that how ridiculously hard it is to actually hit a target at long range through a rifle scope at some point here. But oh, yeah. in the same vein, I, I have been stuck on Skyrim for, I don't know, since Remastered came back out. Like, I, I bought that. I don't think I've bought a new video game until I, I just went and rebought Fallout 4 to get myself off of Skyrim, but to still be a Bethesda fanboy, apparently. So... <laughs> Um, it, it, it maybe the TV, uh, maybe I, I, it's just, I'm getting old, but, uh, every time I go into a dungeon on Skyrim, I'm like, it's so freaking dark. I have to, like, I've, I started a new character to be the, the Khajiit, the, the cat people, because they have night eye as <laughs> So I'm like, yep, lighten everything up, <laughs> bring it up to almost daylight, please. I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm that guy that whenever I set my screen settings and everything and it's like adjusted until you can barely see it, I'm like, nah, I'm going to go the opposite nope. way. I'm going to turn well, it all the way up. So that's why I think it might be the TV because, yeah, every game I've played on, on the TV that's in our basement, 
when it's like adjusted to you can barely see it. I make it as bright as it can and I still can't see the logo. I'm like, well, crap, this is going to suck. Brad's just sitting in his basement with actual night vision goggles on so he can play games. I could be. It wouldn't matter. I still... (laughs) I'd still be like, where'd he get me from? And it's a 10-year-old. He's going to have faster reflexes and take me out before I can get him anyway. And 10-year-olds know a lot about technology nowadays, but you know what they don't know anything about? Anything else. Yeah. <laughs> my my kid, like, I, over the last couple of years, we've been increasing his chore load and stuff like that. And I realized the other day, I was so proud of my kid for cleaning the the bathroom in a way that was actually acceptable. Not even good, not even good, <laughs> mind you, but acceptable. Like he got, he got all the pee stains and stuff off the ground. I don't know how that even happens. Like I'm, I'm a grown man. I don't think it's for me. I'm pretty sure it's not him. Um, you know, but he, he got everything. Well, it's really it, impressive if it's Rachel then. <laughs> we, 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 you know, I bless her heart. I hope not. Um, <laughs> But he, you know, he, he did a good job. It wasn't, it wasn't the best, but he, he, it was fine. It, it, it was probably cleaner than most fast food restaurants. I'll give it that. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a low standard to be living up to there. But right after I was like, Hey man, great job. Good job. You know? And I went and gave him, gave him his allowance for it and stuff like that. I, I took a moment and I realized that whenever I was eight years old, uh, I'm the product of a single mother. I was literally at home making my own dinner and, you know, tending to myself, cleaning the house and everything, because my mom was at school for like 12 hours a day trying to get her, her doctorate in psychology when, when I was about that age. And I thought, well, what was she doing at eight? At eight years old, my mother had a full-time job at her father's uh, restaurant slash truck stop, where she was a, where she was a waitress, and and also was the fuel pump girl. And she, at one point, whenever she was somewhere between seven and nine, I don't remember the exact age, but I do remember the story. She at one point hit a guardrail while she was on her bike, flipped over, and impaled her head on the metal spike that sticks up out of the back of like chicken wire fences and stuff like that. And she got up and she walked back to, to the, the truck stop, which was just up from their house and walked inside and told my grandmother, you know, Hey, owie, (laughs) because she probably didn't have full function of her facilities at that point. Um, And I thought back to, well, how would my son handle that? And then I saw him at football practice the other day, trip over his own shoelace, bite his tongue, and look like he was going to have a breakdown. And I was like, you know, maybe people aren't wrong about kids not being as tough as they used to be. Um, Yeah. And that's okay. I love my son. He's a great kid, much better kid than I ever was, much better person than I still am. Um, but, you know, there, there is an element of toughness in, in all kids now. I coach his football team. And there is a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of selfish thought and a lot of self-congratulation in 
in children and that's that's okay they should be able to express when they're happy about things but i don't have a single kid on my team that can take even the tiniest amount of criticism unless it is heavily coated in sugar and and it's it's not even you know whenever i whenever i played sports as a as, as a young lad um i had coaches as early as five and six that were literally cursing at practices and things like that. Um, and I don't, I, I wouldn't advocate for that. Um, that, that will probably get you on a registry somewhere nowadays. Yeah. I was going to say, but at the time you didn't really even worry about it. You know, and That's not only, happened. not only did you not worry about it, but you, you grew up and you understood that just because someone yells or just because someone's loud or just because, someone talks to you sternly um it doesn't mean that they dislike you it doesn't mean that they don't care about you it doesn't even mean that they they are angry at you it just means that they're in a rush and they have something to express to you and they want to make sure that you hear it and you know i i'm a bit harder on my son than a lot of parents are nowadays and for the most part i think that's okay because i make sure to tell him every day how much I love and appreciate him. And then throughout the rest of the day, I proceed to tell him to do things or, you know, I'm going to burn all his Pokemon cards. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think the same thing all the time. I'm like, wow, there's not many people talking to their two year old the way I do, <laughs> but oh no, my gosh, I'm, I hold her. I tell her I love her and everything. But yeah, when she screws up, I'm like, why would you do that? That's stupid. Don't do dumb things. This is why that hurt. Two-year-olds, uh, as as a general population, are the quickest way to relate to Kyle from South Park because I've never in my life, up until the time I had a two-year-old, wanted to actually kick a baby. <laughs> Right. And, and yeah. And the, the, the times I've looked at, at my wife and been like, it's times like this. I just want to sweep the chair right out from underneath or just out of spite. <laughs> you know, lo and behold, the, the older they get, uh, the more I, I really just want to be like the, the kid from karate kid and sweep the leg, you know, <laughs> just sweep the leg, Johnny. Yeah. I, yeah. I, the times I've, like been angry enough to like swat her because she's doing something that's going to get her hurt that would probably hurt her less than me swatting her on the butt and yelling at her about it and I'm like that's that's dumb why I guess I could just let her hurt herself that'll be a valuable lesson too but you know you've got that instant parental instinct that you can't let your kid hurt themselves so instead you're gonna shame them for it i'm not sure which is more of a valuable lesson there you you know and i i i just i don't know how a lot of parents nowadays you know you you and i have have a similar thought processes and and style and things like that i but i see a lot of parents and you know god bless them i i assume they're doing the best they can um but i go to the park with my kids and their kids are out there and they're they're just running amok and they're not 
paying any attention to anybody else around them and they seem like they're having a great time and then they you know you've got a 10 year old that bowls over my my two-year-old less than two-year-old and I'm just like come on man like your your parents are sitting right there like and 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 then he looks at her like it's her fault and it's like you know I I'm probably probably going to catch a case real quick because I'm I'm yeah I keep thinking that too because one of those days that's going to happen to me and I'm going to carry him by the back of his neck to his parents and that will probably not go over well with them you know who's worse than parents at the park though is is dog parents at the dog park oh my god yeah I've Uh, I've never seen a less attentive group of people with yeah with less understanding of how primal instincts for for you know animals whether they're wild or tame or whatever work then whenever you put 16 people together in a dog park and i've i've got two big dogs and you know we always go to the big dog park and lo, lo and behold they have a, a small dog park and it specifically and says doesn't have the small dog in the small dog park every single time there is there is always there is always someone that brings some little miniature chihuahua or something yep. out there and you've got my dogs my smallest dog weighs 65 pounds my biggest dog weighs about 115 right now and and they're not even the biggest dogs at the dog park and someone brings out a chihuahua or they bring out a beagle or a beagle mix or something that's 20 pounds tops and then they get mad whenever they're all chasing the same stick and somebody rolls over them and then their immediate reaction is to go in and yell at somebody else's dog and pick their dog up and that that's not the way canine instincts work you 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 know yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, it's, it's it's exactly like the the kids. <laughs> They're like, that's not nice, and you didn't make my my baby feel good. <laughs> you know, in all it's honesty, a dog. It came honesty, from a wolf at one point. <laughs> in all honesty, a lot of the people at the dog park probably baby their their dogs more than they Much more than they police the or baby their children at the actual yeah. park. And yeah. if you set up a dog park with a child park nearby and you watch the same person tend to their dog as they tend to their child, I, I would be willing to bet that nine times out of 10, the dog is getting more attention and more affection than the child is because right. for some reason, everybody thinks that, you know, I, you don't need to be a helicopter parent, but you know, free range parenting is great. If, if you live in a, a place that's conducive to that, the, the down, yeah. the, the the park the park downtown with a hundred other children uh, is not exactly the place to experiment with your free range parenting methods. Yeah, and out here where we're living, every park is filled with the homeless and schizophrenic and heroin junkies and whatnot. So yeah, you we just don't for the most part. I mean, there's a couple uh, around the nicer areas of town and luckily we kind of live in one that you can go and there's a playground and stuff that's away from all that crap but yeah like everywhere else around this town like if you take your kid there you should have them on a leash that 
with a padlock hooking the leash to them so somebody can't run off with them and try and sell them for meth or to a cartel or something. I'll be honest, Brad. The the idea that they're going to steal your child and sell them for meth or to a cartel seems to me that perhaps these individuals that you have have way more connections than I would have imagined. <laughs> if those yeah, are their honestly, two that's, Yeah, that's, that, <laughs> there's a better chance of them trying to sell them back to me <laughs> in the same park within the next five minutes. But you, you know, they're, my, they're not the brightest. With my kids, I I would kind of appreciate that though. They they get they get off and they especially the little one, man. We we really do have a little monkey leash for her that we we take to the uh, football games and stuff because every time we're at the football game, she wants to run out and be in the middle of the field and play with the boys and stuff like that. And, you know, she can't do that. So my, my wife has started putting her on a little leash, but, <laughs> but whenever she gets free of that thing, like she figured out how to unlatch the, the latch oh, and stuff the other day. And, and you would have thought that she was Usain Bolt because <laughs> as soon as she, as soon as she unclasped that, she like threw her arms to the side and she was like, she was like Leonardo DiCaprio on, on the Titanic <laughs> on the before Rose let him go and, and just threw her arms out to the side and was running across the, across the field. And the speed of Usain Bolt and the common sense of Michelangelo from Ninja Turtles. <laughs> That's a good combination. It's a, it's a dangerous combination, Bradley, is what it is. It's yeah, a dangerous combination. That, that is true. Entertaining for everybody else that's not her parents. <laughs> you know, and, and, and then you're running after the kid and you're like, hey, sorry. You do, you do the right arm up in the air, you know, fingers fully extended. Sorry, yeah. sorry. When, when in your head you're actually thinking, your kids are worse. <laughs> your kids are worse. Don't. Don't judge me. I saw your kid eat sand a while ago. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even good sand. It was like infield sand from from the baseball field next door. Don't, don't judge me. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm trying to convince my daughter right now that you should uh, have female friends as well as the boys because there's like three boys she plays with at daycare and every day she's like oh yeah he put sand in my hair or he pushed me down or he spit on me i'm like who's this kid <laughs> what's he look like <laughs> so oh but in the in the vein of uh random and interesting stories so she came home talking about this kid colton has been telling us about Colton for the entire time we've lived here. So we're going on like 11 months of uh, playing with Colton every day. Colton got moved to preschool. She, she was excited when she got moved to preschool because she was going to get to play with Colton again. And uh, so it, he's one of them that, you know, sand in the hair, pushes her down, spit on her, whatever. So finally one day I looked at the preschool teacher and I go, hey, which one's Colton? And she goes, Colton, we don't have a Colton. And I had this, I had this like sixth oh sense, God. oh no moment. Like, oh like, what do you, she see dead people? What the hell is going on here? 
And oh, so it's the girl that was teaching the class wasn't the regular teacher. So like she went and told the regular teacher because I was like, okay, well she's been telling us for a year she's playing with Colton every day. So like if this kid doesn't actually exist, I'm way freaked out because it's one thing to have an imaginary friend, but to have him treating you like you're in an abusive relationship every day means yeah, I was about, we may need to see a psychiatrist. I was about to and, say the way that those boys treat your daughter at uh, at daycare is basically just the same thing that the last governor of Missouri treated as strange <laughs> women. So, uh, but in. Colton's on a bad track, but he's probably going to be good. <laughs> He'll probably be great in politics. So, um, so is so Colton the, a real person, or yeah. do you have turns you out have he does Joe About okay. mid mid afternoon, I get a call from the uh, actual uh, regular teacher for her class, and she goes, "No, she was mistaken. She never runs that class, and she didn't know he." existed apparently i was like okay <laughs> that's a real weird situation for the teacher to not know i mean total they've probably got like 60 kids in that place i get that's a lot of them but like uh, you didn't know he existed <laughs> that kind of, at all that that's so. that's my train of thought that kind of turned on a dime from you know your your kid was ray joel osment to all of a sudden <laughs> all of a sudden now i'm i'm worried about I'm worried about the people I'm leaving my kid with now. Where today. where are Colton's parents, and and why are they leaving their their imaginary invisible <laughs> child who has the same powers as Sue Storm apparently? <laughs> well, so I've I've seen the kid since, and now we're invited to his birthday party this weekend. So we shall see how this goes. Because if he pushes my daughter over, we're probably going to have to leave early when I Spartan kick the kid right in the chest. But no, what, you, what you do, Brad, is is you tell her, hey, whenever Colton bends over to blow out his candles, shove his face in the cake. <laughs> right in that cake. Make sure there's a lit candle in his eye, too. Oh, Just pay back for all of it. But So when the teacher's on the phone with me, she does make sure to tell me that they both pick on each other, and it is in no way a one-way street that <laughs> my daughter is just as bad as Colt. I was like, hey, you're fine. I get it. She's not exactly Miss Angelic over here. Like, I, I'm, I'm not that parent. You've got to explain with the kid gloves that my kids are too. She's like, they're too. They're they're all little demons. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's. I I kind of like that you'll level with me on that, and that kind of worries me that you're in charge of watching the little demons all day <laughs> that you say that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm like, just glad the one that knows that Colton exists is the one that's in charge of watching them all, <laughs> and not the woman that's <laughs> like not the other one. Why is this random child keep following the rest of the class around? Yeah. Uh, speaking of incidents at school, we had an incident at school the other day. Uh, oh, yeah. My son came home from school and uh, told us that a, a child at school had pushed him down to the ground, and he had he had bit his lip whenever he fell down to the ground. And then he got up, and the kid pushed him down again. And I, my immediate reaction was, "What'd you do?" And he's like, "I I got up and I." I went and I told the teacher and, you know, she, she said that she was going to handle it. And, you know, on, on the one hand, I was very proud that he did that 
<clears throat> on the other hand, like in the back bad part of my brain, I was like, you, we, we've been rolling jujitsu since you were three years old. Why didn't you take his back and choke him out? Like, like put <laughs> yeah. that to you. Right. I didn't yeah. have you in judo for a year for no reason. Like you, you, you spend every other weekend down in the basement throwing hands at the boxing bag. Like let that kid have it once, but I'm really glad he didn't, but that that's the bad part of my brain. That's like, you know, maybe just show them once while, while you're in third grade, like go ahead, show them now, you know, and then whenever they're in sixth grade and they start to get a little bit bigger and a little bit meaner, they'll remember, Hey, this kid choked me out in third grade. What What's he going to do now? <laughs> yeah. On, I, on the opposite end, he was like, he said something about, I should have done him like WWE. And I was like, were you going to get a steel chair and throw him through a table? Like, <laughs> yeah. And he's going to wait till his back was turned and just come slam the steel chair into the back and, of his head. And no, his, his thought was he should have done him like WWE and should have grabbed him and suplexed him to the ground. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's, uh, that's not what you should have done. But in the bad part of my brain, I'm like, yeah, you really should have. You should have Brock Lesnar'd him and hit him with like 10 German suplexes in a row and left him looking like John Cena at SummerSlam in a slump. <laughs> you can't see me. Well, that's because you're buried in grass right now, kid. Yeah, I uh, I was listening to some guys that uh, were talking about how how hard it is to get to a black belt in jiu-jitsu and uh how really if you've if you've got like a year of jiu-jitsu under your belt and you're dealing with anybody that has no idea what they're doing grappling you can really mess their day up <laughs> one guy was like i play a lot of pickup basketball and there's just there's fights it, it, it's what it is and he goes, uh, after like six months of, of rolling shit to all the time, like I just put these guys into a rear naked choke and they just look around like I just pulled some kind of magic trick. <laughs> They're like, what the hell? Just don't go screwing with white boy over here. He'll mess you up. <laughs> yeah. and, and the word got around real quick and he goes, all of a sudden, all the personal fouls seem to stop. It was weird. But... Yeah, I, I don't ever want my kid to be to be the the kid that it gets into fights at school. That's that's not what I want for him. But at the same time, I I don't want him to to ever be bullied. And so right. we we started all the way back when he was three, like teaching him, you know, how to take the back, how to shoot single legs, how to shoot double legs, how to how to do arm triangles, how to do arm bars, and and all stuff that's all about, you know, holding someone in a, in a position that you want them in where they can't, can't yeah. damage you and, and stuff like that. And he's really good at it and he's got really good technique. And, you know, there's been times whenever he's, he's choked me hard enough that I've, I've legitimately tapped because I, I, the last thing I want to do is, pass out and fall pass backwards on pass, yeah. well, pass or, yeah, out and fall backwards on a five-year-old, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I made a really bad mistake, though, shortly after uh, my wife and I moved in together. Well, we weren't married at the time because that would make less sense is if we got <laughs> married first and then moved in together sometime uh, after. Know. 
That's how those arranged marriages go sometimes. But uh, I made a really bad mistake, and I taught her uh, so how to do a rear naked choke and how to throw punches and stuff like that the, the right way. I'm, I'm sure she's probably thrown a punch at some point in her life. But, yeah. uh, but my mistake was I didn't teach her what tapping out meant. And so... <laughs> Yeah, that's you need to teach that one before the naked choke. And and so you know we're we're sitting there and we're rolling and stuff and and I let her get my back and you know she starts to put the rear naked choke in and I kind of leaned back and I was like no you need to position your elbow underneath uh, to where my neck is in the pit of your elbow and and across your forearm and she goes okay and she she sinks it in and it's really good. And she gets a good tight grip and I'm like, Oh, she's, she's tight. You know, this is good. She's got the form and I tap her arm and she squeezes harder. Squeezes and, harder. And, yeah. and so I start tapping really hard and she's just squeezing and cranking. And at this point she's got the, the uh, body lock triangle in and everything. And she's just cranking and pulling. And, and finally I just reached up and grabbed her arm and ripped it down away from my, neck and I was like what is wrong with you and she's like I thought you were encouraging me I thought you were I thought you were saying you know really really sink it in and I was like no you were trying to pop my head like a pimple that that that's not what I was going for there I I was the color of a strawberry dear why why did you think that I was enjoying that and encouraging you to go harder and uh like like the true renaissance woman that she is she said well on WWE, they don't always let go whenever they tap because I made the mistake of exposing her to WWE at one point as well, and, and it got really bad. She she, uh, she started tweeting at Stephanie McMahon, and she she's she's what she's what in the industry would call a mark. Like she marked out hard for for the storyline whenever they were running the the corporation or the. Uh, the, yeah, I think it was the corporation or whatever it happened to be, but she she marked so hard for it. She was sitting there tweeting at Stephanie McMahon, and she's like, this is not how to run a business and stuff like that. And she's a, a very educated woman, much smarter than I am. Uh, and she marked so hard that I, I had to take away her, her Twitter and her her wwe for for a long time <laughs> she she really just got back into watching it occasionally recently and she really only watches uh because of ronda rousey now and she whenever we first got together um i got her into mma and then that's how the wwe stuff started was because that was something else to watch whenever there weren't fights on and <laughs> there weren't real fights going and, and it wasn't it wasn't football season and i i love baseball but man from from april to you know june i i'm just not real invested in baseball unless i'm there in person so that's yeah there's just yeah way I'll, too many games that mean nothing forever <laughs> i'll sit there and watch my male soap opera sagas and stuff and and mark out a little bit over over brock lesnar and she she loves her some Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is uh, at one point she wanted to name our daughter Lesnar. Uh, wow. Yeah, she she marks out hard for Brock Lesnar. She is 
and it's because she's seen him fight in UFC and then she sees him in WWE and she's like, you know, I I think he should just take the steel chair with him to UFC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll kind totally of, be cool with that. So she's she's ecstatic right now because her favorite UFC fighter is, is Daniel Cormier. And Daniel Cormier right now is the is the champ champ. He got uh, light heavyweight. He beat Stipe Miocic a while back. And so the the next big fight other than Khabib versus McGregor, which that that's my that's my holy grail right there. I've been waiting for that since since McGregor started talking trash the first time. But her holy grail is Brock Lesnar and Daniel Cormier in a ring together, and a man that looks like a mountain and a man that looks like he just dropped his kids off at swim practice and got lost <laughs> on the way home. Yeah. You know, and, and, yeah. and Cormier is an amazing athlete. He he really is, but you know, he's in his forties and he doesn't have the, the body of a traditional UFC fighter. Yeah. And in the same respect as Roy Nelson, you know, you can't always just judge, what somebody's going to be like based off of what they look like. A lot of those dudes in UFC come out and they're chiseled and they're cut and they throw haymakers and they have no idea of how to do anything else. Yeah. Zero technique and just get rolled up. But I just love the fact that, especially for the heavyweight fight that he just fought, he didn't have to cut any weight. So Daniel Cormier, they were talking to him about how he felt before in one of the pressers. And he's like, I had Burger King for breakfast the other day. He's like, (laughs) He's like, I feel great. <laughs> He's like, I haven't had to cut a pound. <laughs> Comes out and knocks out Stipe cold, looking like he just got looking like he just got out of the pool at the cookout. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> he 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 was like, hey, somebody flip this real quick. I gotta I gotta walk over to this Optagon. Keep your eyes on that. Don't let it dry out. I'll be back in twenty. <laughs> Love Daniel Cormier. Such a such a good dude too. Like just a great ambassador for that sport. And that's that's really what they need is they need good champions and good ambassadors like him and Stipe Miocic and stuff. Um, because it's such a such a violent sport and you know, the the only person and I love McGregor, but the only person really getting a lot of attention nationally and internationally for the last few years has been McGregor. Yeah. And you want to talk about a guy you don't want being the face of your sport. (laughs) And I think, I think it goes both ways because I think for, I think for every Ali, you need a Frazier. And I think for every, every Mike Tyson, you know, some crazy weirdo, which, which he's evolved from Ali, the guy that came out and, and talked the talk and walked the walk and then did what he said he was going to do. Then now I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if he came out and had a lisp and told someone he was going to eat their children. Um, yeah. But but for every Tyson, you need an Evander Holyfield or a Lennox Lewis. You need a, you need a counterpart to where you don't look like everyone is, is just insane. You need that one insane person to balance out everybody else. And, and Cormier and Miocic and Tyron Woodley, the, those guys are all really good examples of dudes that just seem to seem to do stuff the right way. John Jones, on the other hand, um, not not exactly not exactly in that brethren of guys that are doing it the right way. Um, 
you know, it, it, hell of a fighter just can't beat cocaine. Just cannot beat cocaine. <laughs> I hear it is a hell of a drug. So it'll make you grind your feet on people's couches. That's that's my understanding. <laughs> grind uh, your teeth, grind your feet. At a time. Well, guys, uh, this has been illuminating. Is really is really the best thing I can I can describe it as because um, my porch light's still on. Um, but other than that, it's been fun. It was a good opportunity for Brad and I to catch up. And if you listened all the way through, I'm really sorry that you don't have anything else going on in your life that is in any way better than this. But you can catch us next time. We're going to try and do this weekly. And uh, maybe it'll be more interesting. It probably won't. It'll probably be pretty similar to this. And good good chance, yeah. That's, uh, we had a whole show note layout and everything, and we stuck to some of it, and then we went totally off the rails about five, six different times. We so. hit most of it. You know, a lot of people say that they have a train of thought, and I believe that. Um, you and I together have a Grand Central Station type uh, train of thought. It's just yeah. a bunch of different things piled up there. And sometimes there's explosions. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to go with it's sort of like uh, quantum mechanics. Like when you expect that you're going to see where we're going with something and then you tend to observe it there, it goes complete opposite direction because you thought that. So. I'll be honest with you, Brad. I don't understand some of the words you just said. <laughs> so I'm going to take them as an insult. And uh, this may be the last podcast we ever do together. I don't understand what you just said, so I'm going to need you to apologize. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Hey, uh, seriously, thank you guys for listening. And Brad, uh, thank you for being one of my best friends for the past uh, very many, very many years. Well well over a decade, um, almost, almost, almost two decades now. And yeah, we're headed towards that. We, God, we're old. We are old. We are out of shape. Uh, you're reasonably attractive. I am not, but I still have all my hair. So I was gonna say you do have that luscious mane up top. So right. I lost that uh, about the time I started to know you. <laughs> anyway, imagine that. Brad lost his hair whenever he started. <laughs> Huh. I'm gonna have to start looking into that correlation. Actually, you, you may wanna you may wanna hit up my wife and see if she's ha- got any bold patches going yet. <laughs> All right. Well, Brandon, same. Always a good time talking to you, and uh, thank you all you folks who have stuck with us for this. I don't know if there are actually any of you out there. I'm just hearing crickets. Not a single person. You you no. legitimately are hearing crickets. There are crickets right outside of my deck right now. There, there probably are some out my back door here, but anyway, even they haven't listened to us. No, they're they're obviously still chirping, so they couldn't care less that I'm here. So, but, all right, and that concludes podcast number one for us. <laughs>